This is Radio Maria and a very warm welcome this afternoon for our catechesis slot. It's now four o'clock on Tuesday the 7th of June 2022. very warm welcome to this catechesis and today we're very privileged to have here in the studio Father Stephen Park who is a regular voice on Radio Maria so all you regular listeners I'm sure would recognize his voice and today Father Stephen who's prior of Clare Priory in Suffolk will be speaking to us this afternoon about living in the spirit Hello, Father. Hi there. Hey, lovely to be here today. Yeah, it's lovely to have you back. Yeah. Um, I'll maybe start with a prayer just I was to about, get us. Just about to ask, Father. <laughs> you, you took the words out of my mouth, so whenever you're ready, Father. Okay, Eddie. Um, Lord, we thank you for the gift of your Spirit to us. We, we pray your blessing on us. Pray your blessing on uh, those who are struggling at this time particularly, who, who, who have uh, maybe health problems or problems. Uh, economic problems are just in a difficult situation. Ask your Lord to be with them, to help them with your spirit, to bring your guidance, your healing uh, and your consolation. And we ask this in the name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, mm. Great. So after that prayer, I now will hand over the airways to Father Stefan and uh, his talk on living in the spirit. Okay. Over to you, Father. This is, this is, I find quite a daunting uh, uh, prospect because it's, it's such a, a big topic. I'll read a little bit from Acts chapter 2 uh, where Peter was talking at Pentecost and he was quoting the Old Testament and he was saying, in the last days God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. And we're in, we're in those times now. We're living in the time of the Spirit, and we can accept that, that Spirit in our hearts if we choose to. Jesus, when he was going, he says, I, I will not leave you orphans. I'll send you the, the, the counsellor, the paraclete, to, to be with you, and, and he will instruct you in what you have to, uh, to do and what you are, you are to be. And, and we have that spirit now. We have that spirit. We've just had Pentecost Sunday, and I hope that uh, people were, were praying for the spirit to, to just to come more fully into their hearts. I'm going to read a little bit from this book, which is This Promises for You, uh, a daily prayer guide. Um, and it's just a random quote from, from the book. Uh, the Holy Spirit gives us consolation and strength in times of trial and difficulty. It is important that we realize the new life of the Spirit doesn't exempt us from problems, struggles or tragedy. But when these do come, we may find that we can draw upon the inner strength of the Spirit that goes beyond our natural resources. So the Spirit is something that enables us to go beyond what our natural strength takes us. And, and that's important. Um, when we, 
when we accept this, the, the Holy Spirit into our lives, when we, expect, when we accept Jesus into our lives, we, and Jesus uh, said, my peace I give you, and he does give us that peace, and that peace is the Holy Spirit. But we find that we are in a battle. We're in a battle with ourselves, and we're in a battle with the devil as well. The devil's out there not, not uh, happy that we're trying to follow God. So in that battle, we, we are very much uh, in a disadvantage on account of our own weakness and brokenness. But actually, we have the Holy Spirit that, can, that does help us uh, in, in the battle and, and shows us the way forward and props us up and gives us the strength to, to uh, be in the battle and to continue. And that, that's, the, that's the secret. It's also the mistake that we make as human beings. In our brokenness, we tend to try and think, I can do that. I, I can fix that, that, that problem. And I can work with that. And or if it's too big for us, we can get discouraged and think, well, I'm beaten. I can't I, I just can't cope with this anymore. And we forget that the Holy Spirit is there wanting to uh, assist us, wanting to be uh, in partnership with us, if you like. You know, we have that extraordinary phrase in the Acts of the Apostles where the um, apostles were saying, we and the Holy Spirit have decided. And it that is exactly the truth of it, that the Holy Spirit wishes to be in partnership with us, showing us the way and showing us what to do and and giving us the strength to do that. And so in the battle, even though we personally are not uh, strong enough, with the Holy Spirit, we're more than strong enough. And uh, But it's still a battle and it's still a, um, something that uh, we're trying to overcome our own weakness, our own predisposition to things that are not right, our own uh, lusts, for instance, our, our own laziness, our own fears, all of those things uh, are in this uh, battle. And living in the, in the Spirit uh, helps us to overcome these things and to start to, um, to bear the fruit that Jesus calls us to bear. He says, hey, you know what, I've called you to bear much fruit. Uh, and again, he doesn't want us to be doing that on our own. He wishes us to, uh, in consort with the Holy Spirit, in consort with Jesus himself, uh, to, to be bearing that fruit. That's, that's something I've uh, certainly found in my own ministry uh, as, as I deal with human situations which are actually beyond me. You know, I look at the, the, the troubles that people find themselves in and, and I find I don't have a solution and oftentimes the human solution is not uh, at all obvious. But what we do have is the Holy Spirit who guides us through, uh, through the situation and helps us forward. Maybe give you just one example of where the Holy Spirit acts, but also acts in a way that um, surprises one. Uh, for, for some years ago, I was in a household which... Uh, I was having a lot of trouble with some of the guys and, and being persecuted. This is Christian community for you. <laughs> and um, it, I, I really wasn't responding very well. And I was having to go to God and say, Lord, help me to forgive these guys for mistreating me. Help me to forgive them. Uh, help me to love them. Because I wasn't loving them. I was angry and annoyed. Uh, and I'd pray that prayer every day. 
And at a certain point, I, I went to speak w with the ones who were causing the problems to me, and uh, it marginally improved the situation, but not much. I was expecting, really, that God would uh, wave his magic wand and that everything would uh, become nice and lovely and beautiful, uh, and it didn't work that way. That things improved slightly, but not that much. Um, and this went on for a year, and I, I was praying every day for God to change me and to allow me to love and forgive. And after a year, I, thinking back on the, how things were and how I was, I realized there was a massive change, and the change had occurred in me, that, that God had made me more um, just uh, gentle and accepting of others uh, and less uh, judging uh, all of those good things and he made it through what was not a good situation a difficult situation and uh, it surprised me because it really is a, a, a sign of uh, where, where the Holy Spirit works but works in a way that uh, we don't expect and and that's that, that's the Holy Spirit for us um, I want to read out another little passage from Ezekiel it's one of my favourites and it's Ezekiel chapter 36. He said, uh, the prophet, God speaking through the prophet, For I will take you out of the nations, I will gather you from all the countries, and bring you back into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean, and I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. I'll give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh and I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. Then you will live in the land I give your ancestors. You will be my people and I will be your God. And what a promise, I will be your God. God is saying that to us personally. I will be your God and I will put my spirit in you. I will remove from your heart the, the heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And that's what he does. That's what the Holy Spirit does. But it's a, it tends to be a slow transformation. It's not uh, just... Some, some things he does very quickly. Sometimes he helps us to overcome addictions forever, for example, very quickly. Uh, and here we, of course, we see um, Alcoholics Anonymous who, who have recognised that uh, that we need a higher power, we need a higher power to to um, to overcome th those problems, those defects, those limitations we have in ourselves. Um, so uh, I I just like to thank God for the gift of the Spirit at this time, and and um, really try and correspond to what the Spirit is asking of us now. Thank you very much, Father. Very interesting there, especially the part about how the Spirit uh, acts in ways that we least suspect. Mm. It's a wonderful thing. So I'm going to play a little bit of music now, and this is Holy Spirit, come fill us with your fire.
If you'd like to phone in and ask Father Stefan a question, the number to dial is 01223 375564. That's 01223 375564. Holy Spirit with your fire and this is Radio Maria it's now quarter past four and you're listening to Catechesis and we have here in the studio speaking about living in the spirit Father Stefan who's now going to continue his second part of his talk over to you Father thank you very much I'd like to talk um, a little bit about one of my heroes of the faith. His name is Father Walter Chizek. He died uh, a few years ago. Uh, I th- he was born about 120 years ago and uh, in New York. And he uh, is just a- an example 
of living in the spirit and how the spirit works and how we can't put the spirit into a box. Uh, we can't put God into a box. Uh, so Father Walter Chizek, he was born in New York, as I said. He was quite a wild young guy. When he, uh, his parents didn't know what to do with him, he, he, he was going out on the streets and beating people up. And he, he just, he was wild. Uh, and then he, he, he took them by surprise at one point. Uh, as a teenager, he decided that he wanted to become a priest, which was the last thing anyone thought uh, that he would be doing. And he went to see the local Jesuit superior and said, could I could I join the Jesuits? I want to, I want to become a priest. And the, I, I presume the Jesuit superior had known of his reputation and said, no, thank you. <laughs> Uh, maybe you've got, there's something else you might want to be doing. Uh, and he said he, he burst into tears at that point. And the superior uh, reconsidered and said, OK, let's, we'll try, we'll see how it goes. And, and so he joined them and he went through all the studies and, and they go through extensive studies. I mean, it's about 15 years of studies. Uh, and uh, at a certain point after he'd been... A, ordained a priest and been working as a priest in America, uh, he, there, there was a, there was an invitation from the Pope that they wanted people to go over to Russia to say Mass in the Oriental Rite. Now, our Rite of the Mass is, the, the, the Western Rite, is quite compact. It takes about an hour uh, to say the Mass, whereas the Oriental Rite It'd be about three hours. They're, they're long. If you ever get the chance to go, if you're in London, to go to the Ukrainian rite, that's uh, allied with Rome. And they do about a mass, which will be approximately three hours. I went there once, and it's fascinating. Absolutely uh, fascinating. They, they go through the whole of uh, salvation history throughout the mass, gives you the salvation history. And uh, it's it's just a beautiful um, amalgamation of the people, the priests and the liturgy all coming together in different ways. Um, it was fortunate I had someone with me who was familiar with it and was able to explain what was going on. But I thoroughly recommend it, even though it, uh, it's, it was a bit long for me, I must say. And uh, so, so Walter Chiswick volunteered to learn the, the Eastern Rite of seeing the Mass, and he did that and went over to Poland in the first place. And the war was just starting at that point. This was 1939, and uh, Russia <coughs> invaded Poland, as did Germany from the other side. And he found himself, instead of going to Russia, Russia came to him. And he, he'd been uh, operating in a small parish there on the border with, with the Ukraine, and uh, he uh, he found that almost immediately his parishioners had disappeared, you know, and and they came to him at night, and they said, "We're sorry, Father, but we're scared to come to mass. You know, that the soldiers are there. We don't know what they'll do with us." And he said, "That's fine. You know, it's, I understand." Uh, and then the Russians asked for volunteer workers to work in their uh, camps and Walter Chizek, Father Walter and another priest 
uh, volunteered to, to, to go and work. Uh, they they uh, went as civilians underground, if you like, and went to work in one of the camps for a year. And then uh, Walter was arrested. He was arrested and taken to the Lubyanka prison in Moscow and charged with being a Vatican spy. And they kept him in solitary for five years. Uh, and th for the first year, they interrogated him almost every night and essentially asking him the same questions uh, and essentially accusing him of being a Russian spy. And after a year, they, they had a big, thick document which they had um, compiled from his answers and gave it to him and said, uh, and he said, what is this? And he said, they said, this is your confession. So uh, we want you to read it and to sign it, to sign every page. So he started to read it and he he said, this is, this is all lies. This is not, this is not the truth. I can't sign this. And his interrogator said to him, listen, either you sign that document and sign every page or I'll sign another document and you'll be, you'll no longer be with us. You'll no longer be in this world anymore. Uh, they'll take you out and shoot you. Uh, and he went into shock. He went into total shock. Uh, he had spent, he was a very strong-willed character as, as Walter and, and he had survived his, his time in solitary up to this point just by uh, really uh, keeping his, his uh, self in order, uh, doing exercises, cleaning his room, um, uh, saying his mass prayers which he had memorised by heart and these sort of things and he'd kept himself uh, really in a good mental state but he found himself disintegrating before the threat of death and he just went uh, into panic mode and he signed the the confession, he signed every page and then w without even reading after a while and they went back to his room completely depressed and, and, and saying, well why why did God allow me to, to do that? Why, why didn't he give me a heart attack or something, you know, to stop me doing that that bad thing uh, and he was in deep darkness for some days and then he started to uh, sort of reflect and he realised that he had been relying on his own strength to beat the interrogator as far as he was concerned it was a battle between him and the interrogator and he was going to win well the interrogator broke him uh, and he realised that and he realised that God had shown him through the interrogator that he had that Walter had been running on his own strength. He was relying on his own strength, and he repented of that. He said, "Lord, you're right. I've I've been just working on my own strength and not on your strength. I'd been building myself up to be the the the, the great guy, and I now realise I'm not." And he he at that point had a massive change in his life he 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 started to just be conformed to god working within him and it relaxed him completely and he said that he had totally changed and even his interrogators noticed the change 
because in future, when uh, they they threatened him with death, he he was quite relaxed. He said, "Well, whatever, whatever you want, you you've got the power," uh, and he, he was happy to to go with the flow, as they say, and uh, and happy to rely on God's Holy Spirit to um, guide him on the way forward and what he would do. So he spent five years in solitary in, in Lubyanka and then he was taken to the judge and tried for being a Vatican spy and he was sentenced to 15 years in the uh, in the camps in Siberia where he was transported and he went there and, and spent 15 years in the camps uh, being able to say mass secretly at times and to talk to some of the other prisoners at times and uh, in in the most dangerous uh, environments uh, uh, sometimes working in mines that were unsafe uh, and and so on and that was his life for for 20 years having studied for uh, nearly 20 years to to be a priest and to minister he found himself in prison and in the camps and uh, the you know, God. They say God works in mysterious ways. Well, He certainly does. So he he spent those years there, and then uh, they let him go. They weren't expecting to let him go, but they let him go, and uh, he he was he was bound to stay uh, in Siberia in, in a particular place. But they, he had a, a little church that he ministered in, and people started to flock to the church. You know. Uh, lots and lots of people, and the authorities were getting very angry at him. They, they were saying to him, "Listen, stop evangelizing. We don't, we don't want you to to, to evangelize. We've forbidden you." And he says, "I'm not. I'm not doing anything. I'm here in the church. I don't go anywhere. They all come to me." And uh, eventually, the authorities got fed up, and they deported him. They deported him back to America, and he arrived, and his. Jesuit brothers were completely uh, taken aback. They, they they hadn't heard from him for for those years, and they they believed him to be dead. And so he there he arrived back, risen from the dead, as it were, uh, and he uh, lived his final years in America. He wrote two great books. One was with God in Russia, and the other one he leadeth me. Uh, with God in Russia is a page turner. It's like an Indiana Jones uh, story, uh, and it's it's fabulous. Just the the the, the way um, uh, he experienced those events, and he leadeth me as his reflection on what happened to him. And both of those books are are fabulous. I'd thoroughly recommend it. But one of the reasons that his story appealed to me was just how the Holy Spirit worked in his life and how he responded. He was a very hard man, very hard, very tough, uh, tough uh, will. But the Holy Spirit uh, sort of brought him to his knees, as it were, so as to be able to fill him with the Spirit and and allow him to work with the Spirit in his life. And he, he touched many, many people uh, in that case, he tu- he touched them in uh, in many ways, and learned how to 
adapt his responses to life to what the spirit was leading to, uh, how the spirit was leading him. And I, I would, reading the book, when you see the extraordinary things he went through, you, you can see that um, we, we can't put God into a box. We can't say hey, God's going to do this or he's going to do that. God acts in, in all sorts of ways, sometimes surprising, sometimes we, we're expecting it. Uh, and uh, But he's there guiding us. And through our, uh, through our desire to follow the Lord, through our yes that we say each day, then, then God brings fruit from that. And uh, I think that's, that's probably enough for the time being. Yeah, that's a very uh, good moment to have another second music break here. And if any of our listeners would like to phone in, the number to dial, if you don't know it already, is 01223. Three seven five five six four. That's O one two two three three seven five five six four. And this next song is called Come O Spirit of the Lord. Come O Spirit of the Lord and renew the free
That was Come, O Spirit of the Lord by Tom Kenza. And uh, today, if you've just joined us, we've been listening to a talk of Living in the Spirit by Father Stefan, and he's now going to continue. Over to you again, Father. Okay, well, I, I was talking about uh, Father Walter Chizek, who whose main ministry was in the prison camps in Siberia. Uh, a very stirring story. There's another chap who'd like to talk about, uh, John Wimber, who started the Vineyard Fellowship. He was a pop star, um, and and in the 60s, one of the Righteous Brothers, who I remember well, actually, and he had a conversion to the Lord. He really didn't know anything about uh, God, about Christianity about anything and while he was in Las Vegas he had a, a conversion and that led him via a number of steps towards the um, uh, founding of the Vineyard Fellowship I encountered him in Edinburgh where he and his group his church group had come uh, to uh, uh, lead a conference called Signs and Wonders. I was very new to all of that. I, I myself had just had a conversion experience where uh, I had gone from being uh, nominally Catholic to being full-on, full-on Catholic. And I'd also encountered charismatic renewal uh, at the time and was just learning about it. And the group I was with went to Edinburgh we were based in Glasgow. We went to Edinburgh and uh, went to this conference. And I, I was amazed at uh, just how they operated in the Holy Spirit. And it was it was very good. So he, this is a little, uh, little uh, story from John Wimber. He tells it on on YouTube. You can go on YouTube and find his testimony, which which is really, really good, actually. So uh, he, he was talking about... At one point in the Vineyard Fellowship, he was preaching each week on healing, on the healing uh, miracles of Jesus. And after some weeks, uh, his parishioners would come to him and say, well, when are we going to do it? And he says, do what? He says, well, do the healing. You know, when you, you've been preaching for he on healing for weeks now, when are we actually going to do some healing? So he says, okay, let's try. And so after each meeting, they would call forward anyone who was sick and they would pray with them. And they said they prayed and prayed and prayed and they prayed for a year and nothing happened. And he was fed up with it. <laughs> you know, people were saying that, you know, we've had enough of this. You know, they were praying and nothing's happening. Uh, and on this one occasion, uh, someone had phoned a, a person who had just come into the parish and said, could you come and pray with my wife? She's not well. Uh, and he says, quite reluctantly, he said, oh, yeah, okay, I'll come. And he went and to the house and he prayed with the woman. And then he went back to the husband and started to explain to him why the prayers can take some time. It doesn't, healing doesn't happen instantly. It, it, it can take some some amount of prayer to for the healing to then occur. And as he was talking, he saw the husband was actually looking over his shoulder 
and he turned around and he saw the woman was out of bed. And he says, what happened to you? And she says, well, I'm healed. And he was totally overwhelmed. And that was the start of a, a huge healing ministry that they then developed where they learned how to pray for uh, people's healings and uh, they, they, they uh, then promoted that all over the world uh, and the, the amazing, amazing healings have taken place. And I, I, I put him forward because he was a humble man. He, he saw that what he was doing was, was God's work that there was a Holy Spirit that was doing the, the work uh, there, that the Holy Spirit was doing the healing. And he was just there to to promote that and to uh, and to help people to uh, become aware of that and to, uh, and to lead people into um, life in the Holy Spirit. So that that's uh, John Wimber. He's another one of my heroes, really. He, he, he died a few years ago now. Uh, and... Um, yeah, but still an inspiring, an inspiring person, and 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 again, I think one of the characteristics I see in these men and women are they're humble people. They are just they're really humble. They 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 don't push themselves forward. Another humble person I met at a party uh, um, some years ago, and sh- I was just we're just chatting. And she had been a, a missionary, I think, out in the Middle East or, or in Africa. I can't remember exactly where she was. And she was just talking quietly about the things that she'd done. And I, I more and more became awestruck as I, as I listened to her because she had she'd given her whole life to, the, to God. She'd lived her whole life for God. Everything that she did was, was for God. And... And such a, a quiet, unassuming person, just and and just very beautiful uh, in the way she was in herself, and 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 I thought afterwards that's you know Holy Spirit work. That's what the Holy Spirit does to one when we when when we submit our wills to God's will, and and he and he does that. So some of the things which the Holy Spirit does within us, um, he gives us the gift of discernment. We're in a very confused world now. We're confused in in multiple ways. Human sexuality, for instance, uh, and and the way people are are, are trying to push uh, inappropriate education onto children. You know, at, at even at five years old. You know, we've had. I I thank God for the Muslims uh, in Birmingham who have been protesting at the school, uh, which is. Uh, trying to foist uh, inappropriate sex education on children, I, I think, uh, and the, the the Muslim parents are there and saying we we don't want you to do this. I hope the Catholics are joining them in that. It's uh, the, the, there's there's a small group of powerful people who are pushing agendas, and we have to be aware of that. The uh, Holy Spirit gives us discernment as to and discernment for parents as to what is the best way forward in what's a complex business, complex business of of educating and bringing up children. And the Holy Spirit gives us the, the discernment to know the best way forward. The Holy Spirit gives us understanding of uh, of everything, you know, of, the, of the whole system. 
uh, understanding of of how to proceed, for instance, and wisdom about the, the various uh, courses of action. It doesn't mean we, we can't make mistakes. We do make mistakes. We continue to be human. We're not we're not robots of the Holy Spirit. We're humans that the Holy Spirit actually treats with respect. God respects our freedom to choose and that the Holy Spirit respects that too. So if we want to go off in a, at a tangent and, and uh, ignoring God, then we're allowed to do that. Uh, but the Holy Spirit is there um, uh, leading us uh, forward in, in a good way, both for ourselves, for our families, for our children, and so on. Um, one of the things that we should be aware of is that we can, when we, when we are in relationship with God, when we're trying to follow God, when we're praying, then when we speak to others, we also speak prophetically. That doesn't mean that we put on a funny voice and say the Lord says whatever. We, we, we our, our words are prophetic in that uh, we, are, we are speaking uh, uh, what God wishes us to say in those circumstances, sometimes without even knowing uh, that it's impacting on others. And that's happened quite a lot uh, in my own experience where you're, you're talking to someone, perhaps you've never met them before, and you absolutely hit the target, you know, and uh, that that's just Holy Spirit working within us, and and allowing us to to um, to touch others at the place where they need to to receive God's wisdom and God's healing. Perhaps another uh, point that we, we we can pray for healing for people, you know. Okay, we might go through the John Wimber experience of praying for a year and nothing happens. But actually, God listens to our prayers and uh, there's no prayer that isn't listened to. There's no genuine prayer that God ignores. And I would say particularly, uh, many parents come to me, I'm speaking to them and, and say their children no longer believe in in, 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 in the, the, the faith. They, they no longer have a, a, they may have they may have uh, migrated to Eastern religions to uh, esoteric things, and but they're not following the the faith they were brought up in, and the parents say, well, what did I do wrong? And the answer is not necessarily anything. There we're in a society which is very powerfully uh, taking people away from uh, the truth. So uh, the answer. And it worked with me. Uh, my mother prayed for me for 20 years. And as a result, I changed. I was not interested in God for the, for, the, for many, many years. Uh, but I came to a point where I did change. And those prayers actually had effect. And that's what I would say to any parent listening. Just keep the prayers going. Keep the prayers for your children going. There's a certain point in which you you can't say much. You've said everything that you can to, to the children. They know exactly how you stand. Uh, and uh, they, I mean, essentially, you just love. You, you love and you pray. Uh, and uh, and those prayers will be answered. Uh, maybe not as quickly as we, we hope, but they, they'll, be, they'll be answered. And, and God is not indifferent to those prayers. So 
uh, where the, the prayers of the parents for the children are extremely powerful. Also, there's no, there's no problem with praying for healing. You know, God doesn't want us to, to be sick. He doesn't want us to be uh, struggling in that way. Uh, that, that comes from uh, our, our brokenness and the evil one is there trying to uh, annoy us as well. Uh, we, we can pray for healing and God hears those prayers. And the, the, uh, in the letter of James, he says, if there's someone sick among you, lay hands on them, uh, anoint them with oil and, uh, and, and God will heal them. And I've seen that. I've seen that many, many times, uh, and particularly uh, when we... I haven't worked in hospitals for a while, but when we're working in hospitals, you go around and anointing people, and you see it makes a difference. makes a difference. Uh, but that's not just for priests. That's for, for all Christians. We can pray for healing for uh, those we encounter, and, and God listens to those prayers. So uh, that's some of, the, some of the ways in which we express the Spirit living in us. And I think the last thing I'd like to say is just um, in all of this, the importance of a, 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 a living community. If, if we have a Christian community around us, that keeps us on the right tracks. We can get we can get sidelined. We can start to have funny funny ideas. If we get a community around us, we can that enables us to 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 stay grounded in in uh, a reality. Because what we're finding in society is society is way off the wall now, really in in many different aspects. I don't want to go into it at this time, but uh, there's so many. Aspects of society that are not healthy and are not leading people to happiness and to fulfilment in their lives, and, and God wishes us to live fulfilled and happy lives. So, if we can be part of a, uh, it's not always possible, but if we can be part of a, a Christian community which is uh, vibrant and uh, and supportive, then that, that that's uh, something that's that's very helpful. So I think that's probably as much as I, I want to say at this time. I'll just finish with a prayer. Great, Father. Thank you so much for coming over and giving us your time this afternoon for your talk on living in the spirit. This episode will be repeated again and would also be a podcast for you to download. So, Father, once more, we appreciate your time. And whenever you're ready, you can give us a prayer and a final blessing. That will be my pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you. Um, so, Lord, we thank you that you call us to yourself. We thank you you've called us to be uh, part of your family, part of the royal family. And uh, we, we are sorry for the, those times when we were not up to the mark. And in our brokenness, we've gone down selfish routes. We ask forgiveness for that. And we ask for your blessing at this time. We pray your blessing on those who uh, are struggling at this time, those who... who uh, perhaps are suffering from addictions, from depression, from oppression from others. We pray for um, the. Uh, we pray for those countries where there's there's war and disruption. Pray for the persecuted peoples. And this time of the Queen's Jubilee, we ask for a special blessing on on her and our family at this time as well. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and remain with you forever. Amen. Amen.